0: What it do? What it do? What it do, dude? Oh God, the things, the things, and the number of things to talk about. You know, I, what would you say? It's like uh, one out of three have not been incarcerated, so it's like a
1: no. Yeah, yeah, one, <laughs> one out of over one out of three uh, black males are going to be incarcerated in their lifetime exactly I'm so we still the, got time i'm to say still 30, time. <laughs>
0: there's
1: still time <laughs> the oj didn't even going. do it to his 40s man so you know when yo, you do it do it big
0: it's you know how upsetting and stressful it is to realize that that it says in its lifetime and i'm like yo i'm 30 i have not even hit midlife I mean, if we're talking about black no. life expectancy, yes. But well, definitely. yeah, yeah, you, I was going to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's that scene from uh, Don't Be a Menace, in South Central, all drinking as juice in the hill? I think like, about that scene <laughs> all the time. You know what I'm talking about? Where they like, yes. you don't live to be 23 around here, someone brings a 23 birthday cake and he yes. immediately gets shot down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that we just have that culture that we could just like refer back to. No. We just know. <laughs> What's up, bros? What up, bros?
0: And welcome to Bra Meets World.
1: When it's Bra Meets World.
0: Your boy Meets World fan cast. I'm Siege. And I'm TC. Okay,
1: so... TC, where you at? Um, well... I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of whatever about this episode. It wasn't a bad episode. It wasn't a good episode. No,
0: I mean, if anything, it was like a really quick episode. We get a little lesson i'm i'm for it you know it's an in and out
1: yeah i mean yeah not sure i mean it's a filler episode i guess yeah well speaking of in and out and filling some in let's talk Uh-oh. about the
0: matthews uh
1: their marriage it's kind of spicy I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. we're gonna, Obviously, we're going to talk about their nicknames for each other, but Alan's nickname for Amy is revealing to me. Yo, right? <laughs> <laughs> I so, was like, all right. Okay, Amy. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Um, let's
0: get into it. The tell me about it.
1: Tell me about it.
0: Uh, Corey and Sean risk money on a horse race. Ah, that was very direct. <laughs>
1: Yeah and um accurate I guess I mean they kind of almost like and so you know how sometimes when you watch the trailer and you're like, damn, I, I just saw this whole movie? Yeah. Like, that's basically what Hulu just did with that description. Like, <laughs> if you <laughs> saw that description, you're like, all right, I don't really need to see this show. Yeah,
0: exactly. That And that was pretty much it. Um, but again, I want to get into it because it has some iconic moments. So in our opening scene, um, we're in the classroom, and the class is investing money. Um, and as usual, this is a lesson for some reason— Feeney has concocted uh, as usual. Topanga and Minkus are partnered up, and Corey and Sean are partnered up. Topanga and Minkus have invested in socially conscious companies in this hypothetical uh,
1: environment. And they're well, do- Topanga also says that they, uh, their companies don't discriminate on the basis of sex or race, sex <laughs> like race like-
0: and uh, good karma.
1: <laughs> and it's just Topanga being bay again. Just yeah, like, exactly. She is, she is so like woke for her time, and I'm and just ahead you of, do yeah. you boo.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the good thing is, well, I was gonna say most people end up like Topanga, but not enough apparently. <laughs>
1: I mean, and yeah, it would also be nice to have some non-discrimination in the classroom that they're in as they're talking about <laughs> non-discrimination. But, like,
0: uh, we yeah. need
1: color people in the class to have that happen, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: Uh, then, Philadelphia.
0: Uh, I know, right? <laughs> Dude, don't give me – we can't get into this because I'm reading this book. And
1: (laughs) I'll just try to get you hot. I'm not joking. I'll try to get you (laughs) hot.
0: And again, you know how I feel about things. And so, looking at this episode where it deals with white boys and money, I'm just like, white man logic. (laughs) (laughs) They they win every time. Every time. Uh, Speaking of which, Corey and Sean, they clearly haven't even started their assignment, as it's clear when they have to present.
1: And I will give them some credit. They're like, Uh, Feeny, bro, this thing isn't due for two weeks. Why are you making us do this, like, mini-presentation? He's like, well, I just want to see your progress. And it's like, all right, well, we got two weeks. Like, I was kind of on board with the kids. It's like, what the hell did you expect us to have? Minkus seemed to have a full project ready to present. Well, yeah.
0: Minkus, of course, did his assignment ahead of time. I feel like this is one of those things where it's, like, a book report, where it's, like, it's due in a month, and then you have the people who did their book report ahead of time, and the people who are, like, night of... (laughs) (laughs)
1: i was always night of always
0: i was not night of um i i would start it and i would finish it night of like i would start ahead of time that way i had like some kind of idea of what i wanted to do and then the night of i would finish it
1: Nah, bro i would usually be finishing it like as i was going to school that day
0: (laughs) i remember i don't know if you remember this uh do you ever remember like copying homework or doing homework like right before class started i'm talking like seconds
1: (laughs) yeah bruh that's how i got through algebra like what are you algebra specifically is what i was thinking about but i wasn't i didn't want to call you out (laughs) no yeah like i I, math wasn't my bag so Uh, yeah mm -hmm. i there was a lot of going on. Sorry, OHS, but (laughs) we represent.
0: (laughs) So then, um, after class and after this presentation, um, we go into the hallway, and Minkus is, yo, sweet talking to Panga, and all I gotta say is, I'm here for this kind of Minkus. Minkus is just like, yo, baby, I'm a provider. And I was just
1: like, oh, look at this ass! Look at this sweet talker! I thought he came on really strong. I wasn't a fan.
0: I mean, he did come on strong, but I'm just saying, like, Minkus is, is like a short little kid, but I I again we my whole thing is we've talked about this. Minkus is, is like well aware of himself ahead of his time. Boy be Mackin, he is like confident uh for like such a small little nerdy kid.
1: Yeah, he he does have some like Just swagger that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't seem to be explained at all for his character. (laughs) That's just him. That's just me. You know what? I think he just finds confidence in his intelligence. He's... He, like... In the same way that the guy with like a fancy car would feel more confident. Like, he's just like, no, I, I'm smart. So I know that's sexy. I know, Which is kind of cool. Saying. That's what I'm saying,
0: baby. That's how Mink Mink do. <laughs> that's, how, that's how the Mink do it. That's how the Mink do. Little Mink. Yo, Mink Daddy. <laughs> so, but anyway, the boys come out and they, of course, they are like mocking Mink as they always do. And Mink is like, yo, put your money where your mouth is. Um, and how about we do a bet? And then he gets into this bet and he starts off, he's like, how about we do like $5 because you get an allowance. And Corey is, of course, like, he's like, yo, I don't know about this. And Sean's like, done, $10. And I'm like, I assume you're using Corey's money because-
1: nope, No, 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 no. This whole money thing <laughs> is not- It doesn't add up to the way we've established (laughs) money in this universe, where $5 was something that Corey wants at Christmas. This is Valentine's Day. Christmas, Corey was like, I saved up for weeks for $5. And in this episode, we established that both Corey and Sean get $5 allowances each a week.
0: Wait, did they say that? I didn't see where it said that. Yes, because
1: in the next next scene where they—and I I don't want to jump ahead, but— Corey's like, you know, our whole week's allowance is on this horse, and Corey says in the opening to Minka, he's like, "I get five dollars a week. That's my snack money. So the other five dollars must come from Sean."
0: See, I just feel like, and the way I interpreted was that Corey fronted Sean the money.
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, this is this is equal money, equal allowance. It doesn't make sense. And I don't know
0: about that. I again, I think we're talking about some Cole, sorry, some Kyle and Obi situation. I think. Corey put out the money for Sean because uh, we already know he didn't have it.
1: Or he's getting money from <laughs> Frankie Tutos. <who> <laughs> well, which is another thing that's <laughs> possible. So anyway, to, to kind of close out this
0: opening scene, we get the fact that, you know, the boys go in for it. Corey toss them back down to $10 because <laughs> at the time, Topanga's like, no, I don't know about this. And I feel like I should have equal say in me because it's like it is a bet of wits against me
1: versus them. And she's like, yo, I'm all in. So from that. Oh, <laughs> well sean's like all right well let me call my uncle frankie two toes or whatever he you know he has hookup with the ponies and then Corey's like well if your uncle is you know so good at the ponies how come he lives in a trailer it's the first time we're finding out that sean's family comes from a trailer which i think is a really revealing story element for us to learn yep and the way Corey talks about it is kind of shady right
0: yeah well i was gonna say there's some classism going on here <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, and it's also this thing of just, like, well, if a successful person couldn't live in the trailer, like, I mean, to probably, uh, I yeah. don't know, but it's it's still just a
0: very assumptuous. No, yeah, like.
1: no, I mean, it is very much
0: assumptuous, and we, we talk about this very often. When we're talking about the 90s, there are so many uh, subtle propaganda, <laughs> so, there's yeah, so just... much subtle propaganda that we are getting spewed at that we didn't even weren't even aware of. And that is our opening scene, then we do the theme song.
1: And then we're done with the theme song. Yeah, yo.
0: all right. Matthew's kitchen. And our next scene: the boys are listening to the the race. Uh, and yeah,
1: and and this is the point where Corey's like, "Yeah, our whole week's allowance is on this horse." Um, and then they're listening to the race, and then it turns out that they win. Yep, and they win how much? They win ninety nine dollars. Yep. Yeah. Which I have to admit, that's pretty good investment. Oh, a return so. on investment. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting cuz they're sitting there and then they send this love notes, uh this Valentine and it says dear boom boom. Which Corey's like, oh, that's just what my parents—that's what my dad calls my mom when when no one's listening. Yeah, <laughs> yo. So Amy's nickname is Boom Boom. Exactly. What's Amy doing in the bedroom to get a name like Boom Boom? Yo, I don't.
0: We don't talk about Amy. Amy gets herself. I don't okay, know about anybody Amy. else, but Amy be knocking the boots.
1: <laughs> knocking the boots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying because it, it's just. Yeah, the, their relationship is very affectionate, and it's funny because it's
1: affectionate without being overtly sexual. It, they play with sexuality a lot, a lot more than Sean's parents do, apparently.
0: No, yeah, no. I'm not saying that they don't allude to sex. I'm saying that the way that they display Amy and Alan's relationship, it's very PG, even though it's like also very obvious that you know they're getting some.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think it's really interesting how Sean's like. Oh, you know, my dad just rotated my mom's tires last year. And just kind of seeing how the <laughs> kids have seen love in their household and how that ultimately impacts them, I just thought that was a really interesting perspective.
0: That is a very interesting perspective, but at the exact same time, I was like, what you mean by rotate your mom's tires?
1: <laughs> oh, you thought, yeah, okay, so you're thinking it's induendo. So, yeah. All right. I'm thinking He's that like Sean a may not joke about his mom.
0: My whole Weird thing is Sean may not know what it is, but n- rotating them tires
1: okay okay <laughs> I
0: don't know uh, to be fair we know that Sean's mom and uh, Sean's parents relationship doesn't last so maybe he was just rotating tires oh man we can hope <laughs> so anyway now that Boom Boom knows which by the way I have to say, did you have like
1: a problem with Sean keep calling her Boom Boom knowing that it's her like sex name well I, I mean the way they plot it out it's not like Blatantly a sex name, but yeah. I felt very weird about him saying it all the time. Yeah, he constantly being like
0: boo-boo. I was like, this don't feel right.
1: <laughs> no, it's strange. I didn't like it.
0: Yeah, uh it, it to me, like it's not the equivalent, but it's like hearing um uh, someone say daddy, but like in a sexual way. Oh, Bro, I
1: have <laughs> such a weird history with that that I do not even to get into it. I've said it,
0: but at the exact same time, it's like a, when you hear it outside of the context it's supposed to be said in, it feels weird.
1: No, it felt weird in in any context <laughs> it was ever said to me. I've never, it's always been like, ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. I feel like we're tapping <laughs> into something. <laughs> You're always tapping into
0: something. Yo, I don't know why. This is a very sexual episode. <laughs> Yo,
1: it's the Valentine's Day episode. (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
0: All right, so anyway, um, Amy, knowing that she's about to get some later, uh, realizes that, you know, Corey's 12 years old. Um, It's about time he start babysitting, so they decide to give him a chance. Which, I mean, is a mistake right off the bat. I feel like anyone would know that. We, like, immediately know where this is going. Um, And again, so the boys... Going back to it, Amy is going to have a babysitter, the boys get really excited, they've made money, they've made progress, they're winning the bet, Um, and then they do
1: this infamous... Corey does this this funny thing where uh, Amy's like, it pays two bucks an hour, and Corey's (laughs) like, keep the two bucks, mom, buy yourself something nice.
0: Oh yeah, he got some money now.
1: (laughs) And then they do the infamous best friend handshake, and I only, like, again, I was like, this is an episode where we see the handshake. This is the first time we see the handshake, and this handshake was actually something that Ryder and Ben uh, came up with themselves off set one day. Shut up. That's cool. That's
0: good to know, and that makes it even more authentic, and they are really, really, like, you can tell they're enjoying doing it, and I just love it. Well, they just seem like they're really friends at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, um, we've are we been in this group for a while, but they are, uh, everything's working, I feel. Even though this is like a filler episode, I feel like it works, because they don't give us too much of anyone that we don't need.
1: Well, that's the great thing about Boy Meets World. When you have all the right elements, even the bad or not-so-good episodes are still better than, like, the good episodes of other shows, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah
0: um so <clears throat> from this eric comes in and eric
1: is just a terrible like no we eric is time. the worst <laughs> in this scene he is the absolute worst piece of trash
0: well he is the worst he is the worst piece of trash but what i'm saying is like everything we've seen so far not only is he like a fuck boy but he just doesn't even know how to do it right
1: <laughs> well he comes in and he's so overly misogynistic like it honestly i'm gonna i'm gonna show you uh, this is basically what he says and to me it sounded like an, an andrew dice clay joke and i'm gonna say <laughs> what eric said as andrew dice clay but it's exact almost exactly the same <laughs> so i'm making that with this bitch's best friend and now she won't go out with me what's up with this broad right? And, uh, <laughs> offensive. Can we all agree? It is offensive, but like I do like children. your Andy Dice Clay interpretation. Well, it just felt like something Dice Clay would say. Yeah. I told you I met him, right? I do remember you telling yeah, me Yeah, we that. had this conversation. We did have this conversation. That's, that's actually pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, all right, so keep going. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, I just, but yeah, I just thought it was super misogynistic, and I'm just kind of tired of this whole, like, Every episode, Eric's like, oh, this girl won't go out with me, or I want this girl to go out with me. That's his motive in every single episode, and I would just like to see more dimensions to him, because he's getting old, I feel. Well, you know, I can give you that, and I will say that last episode,
0: ironically, we got a little bit more from eric you know background wise
1: it was still motivated by a girl but at least we got to see. every storyline with him is motivated by a girl he is just obsessed with getting away. and it's almost like that kind of american pie um revenge of the nerds type of just like teenage like pent-up sexuality and um i just find it to be just weird with eric
0: so you know, I think it's weird now because, as you mentioned, American Pie and Porky's and like all these movies in the past, pretty much show that I don't know uh, what it was like to be a teenager during those times. But like, this is apparently
1: all white middle class boys thought about. Like that was it. They had no other. Issues there are so, with- so <laughs> many movies made between like I don't know. I don't know if Porky's are yeah American Graffiti or which which one came first. Um, American but Graffiti. That yeah, between American Graffiti and like. I don't know even now. There's been so many movies that just about like middle class white kids trying to get laid. Yep. And like when you really think about like oh Super this entire bad. movie is about children trying to have sex. Yep. It's just weird
0: to me. It is weird but my whole thing is and I I don't know how true this is, but I feel like it's different now just because like there's internet porn. It's just like, a you know, it's just like a everybody watching porn. So we don't see as many, like there's still the whole losing your virginity trope, but like,
1: you are you honest. trying to argue that we as a humanity, like as a society are better off? Because we have access to pornography to get out sexual release and we're not like going out to the street and trying to force women into awkward situations. A thousand percent. (laughs) Yo, I mean, prove us wrong.
0: Literally handle yo shit. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> and hand, hand, Um We're better right. than this, guys. <laughs> I don't know why, but this is just how this episode has taken the turn.
0: But oh, anyway, man. Corey tells Eric, you know, now that he's gotten a little bit of experience under his belt, that the best way to deal with the situation is to take a risk.
1: Well, um, Corey, uh, Sean, uh, Eric also has this dumb thing where he's like, why won't you go out with me? Why won't you go out with me? And Sean looks at him and goes, "Uh, uh you're a little bit country. She's a little bit rock and roll or some some <laughs> yeah. dumb joke like that. And I was yeah. like, wow, this joke feels so dated. Like even for 1993, hey, a Donnie and Marie Osmond joke seems dated.
0: The Osmond joke, the Osmonds were a, they were a TV sensation. All right, so in the 70s, yeah, but you know, for some reason, like you and I know this reference, so therefore, it had some kind of merit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I feel like that, that we're the last of the Mohicans when it comes to knowing this reference, oh, yeah, too. For Like, sure. the I, next I, generation will have no idea who Donnie Marie is, and they'll be not at all,
0: for it. not in the slightest. I guarantee you, you can go up to a teenager right now or 22 year old and be like, Who's Donnie and Marie?
1: i would just have to reference mulan like that's the only reference i'd have and they wouldn't even know
0: like again we're getting to the age where it's like a it's like so you know the song from mulan and a a teenager like an actual teenager will be like what are you talking about
1: yeah (laughs) but they'll like have a song that just repeats the word gucci over and over again and call it art
0: (laughs) hey do not start this you sound like an old man already
1: (laughs) i i whatever man i'm <laughs> good gang, good I can't gang, get into, it, gang, you can't you get into the Mumble Rap with you. Good you gang, good you gang, good you gang, good gang, good gang. I can't. I can't. <laughs> like I'm all for black excellence, but just like it ain't my bag
0: I told my I should introduce my mom to uh mumble rap with panda. Uh and it's just yeah. She, she has <laughs> <to> take feelings. <laughs> man, yeah, it's bend up. Yeah. Bend up, bend up, bend up, bend up. Alright. <laughs> so moving on to the next scene. Uh the boys are kind of a little cocky. They feel in themselves. Uh they tell the class that they gambled with their money
1: and they ended up winning. <laughs> we bet on tuna. Minkus is furious by this right <laughs> out the bat.
0: <laughs> yeah, rightfully so in a way. He points out that it's illegal for kids to gamble, but Corey again using our favorite white man logic argues that uh the assignment was to act like businessmen. So technically, they didn't do anything wrong because this is how businessmen would behave.
1: The show never at any point um comments on the fact that children did gamble that it was in fact illegal and the boys got away with it well got
0: away with it and then as we will talk in a little bit they kind of dealt with the mafia
1: (laughs) oh there was absolutely some either mafia or prison connections going on for sure through Sean's uh, you know two-toed uncle
0: so this is uh, yeah there was a lot of some shady stuff going on but yeah we just gloss over that for the greater point
1: I guess so. I just I, I, I mean, it just it was it's one of those things where you're like, Oh, I mean they definitely learned their lesson, but their lesson wasn't to not gamble illegally through the mafia, it was don't leave your sister alone. Yeah. And I just <laughs> I don't I don't know that that's the lesson they needed to learn this week, guys, if I'm being
0: honest. <laughs> Feeney points out that, you know, they took a risk and then business will tell you the bigger risk the sorry, the bigger the risk, the better the reward um and he's impressed and not only is he impressed but Topanga is also impressed
1: she about that money that's why
0: (laughs) yeah Mikas is like gold digger I was like yo we we kind of hit on this but Mikas can be kind of misogynistic himself because like the moment Topanga is you know just she's just impressed by Corey and Sean uh
1: I think that Minkus feels like he's entitled to Topanga because of his intellect or wealth, and I'm not about that.
0: Well, I will agree. I mean, it's kind of the same thing about, uh, I want to say, Urkel and Laura, where it's like a, I'm entitled to you because I like you, and because I'm the nerd, I'm supposed to get you. Um, because I'm better than the bad boys that you're going after.
1: It's or weird. because I don't take no for an answer and I keep persisting, you should cave in.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, even, you know, let's just go on, because we're going to br- get back into this when we check up on Eric. So anyway. <laughs> I mean, like, no, that's exactly what we're doing. In the next scene... The boys, they're, like, sitting on the couch at the Matthews place. They're just like, yo, know, we got money. We got an A. Life is good. Um, and enter Eric. And Eric comes in saying that he is a dating god because he got the date that he wanted. No. He, he me to the girl. Yeah, but exactly. exactly. What, he did. <laughs> what he did was he literally stuck himself in her locker and waited there for three periods. Um, and because of that, she said yes.
1: And you know what? I feel like I saw this, our our variations of this, so much growing up that like, oh, if you do a big romantic gesture, then a, any girl would, you know, be, you know, foolish to say no. It's to say but, anything, problem? Yeah, but it's like, all right, well, what's a grand romantic gesture, and what's creepy stalker behavior, and what's the the difference there? And I I don't know. I just feel like. There was a little bit, but no, I do like it
0: because what I made note of was like Corey makes the fact he goes, "I didn't tell you to become a stalker," so I'm like, "All right." So even at this point in time, it's it's weird. (laughs) It's stalker. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I like there's something that I will say. Like it, the show itself has problems. How I Met Your Mother, but one thing that they point out, which is true, is that something is creepy or romantic depending on how into you the other person is there are plenty of things that are creepy when you it's from a person you don't like and they are kind of ro- are seen as romantic or the world will interpret it as romantic if you're into them
1: well, it didn't seem like this girl had any interest in Eric. He made that abundantly clear at the beginning of the episode, because he made out with her best friend. Exactly. No, I'm not saying that
0: it's right. I'm just saying that that's something that uh, I've noticed before. It's like, a, you're like, where's the line between creepy and romantic? And it usually comes with mutual interest, because there are just plenty of things where it's like, uh, you have you ever heard a friend tell a story about something that they think is good, and you're like, uh, uh this don't seem so right.
1: <laughs> sure, yeah. No. No, and I, I I 100% agree with you. What I'm saying is that there doesn't seem to be any reciprocated interest from this girl that Eric stuffed himself in the locker for. We need to explain this to Eric. Eric, that's the <laughs> lesson Eric should have learned this episode. <laughs> I feel like it'll be years before this is a lesson we have to teach Eric. Or,
0: well, that
1: they'll try to teach Eric. I don't know that he ever learns it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just moves from heart heartthrob to deadbeat so quickly that they just they're like they just give up on romantic storylines after <laughs> like three or four seasons.
0: That's a very good point, point. and you know we need to explore that too because I don't understand. You know what? Like that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, moving on, dear Pooh Bear. So, not as good of a nickname. Not as good of a nickname, and they, they also point out she writes uh, Alan uh, a little poem because. Pooh is the Valentine that Amy is writing to Alan, um, and they also make point note that a uh, poem's not her strong suit either.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's not a very good poem. I <laughs> want to know where the nickname Pooh Bear comes from because it can either be something extremely sweet or extremely filthy depending on its origin. And oh, I feel I'm like... thinking
0: Alan walks around with no no panties on. Like that's how I saw Pooh Bear. <laughs> like Alan just walks around in their hotel room with nothing but a t shirt, and no bottoms.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I thought he was all about that. But that honey. Her... <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't know I'm loving this episode (laughs) oh my god what are we even talking about anymore oh man yeah I I thought I thought he was just all about that butt stuff like
0: (laughs) I mean he could be he could be we don't know Pooh Bear is gonna meet Boom Boom uh at the place where he proposed and after they do that we get this little speech about Corey, who again has now been inspired to take more risks he's like yo I've been playing it
1: safe my whole life and well what he says is he's like I, he's like i've wasted 12 years of my life being safe so he gambled once one <laughs> once and was like my whole life has been a sham up until this point
0: <laughs> but okay so first of all of course with corey that's how things roll all it takes is one success and he's just like oh i'm in it change of life course
1: well what i thought was interesting about this is that he was 11 when the show started so we missed his birthday
0: Yeah, you know, but like I even with this, this is a Valentine's Day episode, and we're kind of skirting that issue, too, like how it is in school. So I feel like they just, they're picking and choosing what moments we actually deal with, or they're waiting to roll those cards out later.
1: Well, yeah, and I think that Valentine's Day, when you're in this grade, is more just like leaving cards on the desk still. I don't think there's any romantic elements yet. I don't know, we've
0: already had a kiss, and, you know... Sean was already getting goofy over that one girl a few weeks ago, so I just Yeah.
1: You know, I would I, like to see I would like to see more consistency with those revelations. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: But anyway, what I did want to note is we get um Ben Savage's I Want to Live and that it made me laugh because I'm like, we are getting to the core comedy that is signature with the show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's just the great thing about Ben Savage is that he can be that really dramatic leading man when you need him to. Uh, he can be romantic at times, but when it's time for him to just be funny, he is so funny. And he's almost like, like at, at certain points where I'm just like, oh, this is just Ben. Like, yeah, it's I, I can see yeah. so much of Ben through this performance.
0: Exactly. Uh, so on that, we move to the next scene because one thing we didn't mention is after... Um, After the boys were reveling in their new money, what sparks Corey uh, is the idea of gambling with the $99 that they already have. So he tells Sean to call his uncle and let's bet again, let's keep rolling, let's make it happen.
1: Which as an audience, when you're watching this, you're like, oh, classic mistake.
0: Yeah, and I have to admit, I, I thought so. And so in the next scene, the boys are listening to the race. They get
1: overexcited. Um, no, 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 no. You're oversimplifying this. You're <laughs> saying that they were overexcited. Corey is mm-hmm. manic, hollering at the radio at the top of his lungs. He's like, like He just did cocaine for the first time. <laughs> He's already got a gambling problem immediate gambling problem it happened <laughs> so suddenly well as we just said corey gets he, whatever he does he does quickly wholeheartedly man man it just he's he is unhinged in yeah, this he season. gets so excited that he
0: accidentally unplugs the radio right when they're about to read the winner and all we get is a enough and we know that they were going for neck flaps uh that's the horse that they needed
1: to win but since they don't know they just Decide to call Sean's uncle. And... Well, what, what's actually interesting about this is that they were like, are, what other horses start with Nuh? And they were like, well, nah, flex, um, Nunzio's Dream, and uh, ironically, a horse just called Nuh, which I <laughs> thought was kind of funny. Of um, but what I thought was interesting was Nunzio's Dream, and I don't know why this stood out to me. I've never heard of the name Nunzio before. Do you know anyone named Nunzio? Not at all. The only other time I've heard Nunzio was in Boy Meets World in, like, three or four seasons when Topanga gets that job at, like, that uh, Mexican restaurant, and she Uh starts dancing with the guys. One of them is named Nunzio, and... It's so weird that I've only heard this name on this show, and I wonder if, like, Nunzio is, like, the name of some PA Yeah, that's I assume the that
0: happens a lot when you have uh, writers who stick with a show. Like, I noticed, um, I watch a lot of Shonda Rhimes shows, and there are names that show up in her shows, like, in early seasons of Grey's Anatomy that are main characters in different, uh, shows, and I'm like, oh, she had the, n- she likes the name. She likes this name. You know? Sure,
1: yeah. You could tell that people have a creative pool that they pull from. Um, and I just, that just really stood out to me as just being really unique. And I, and I do wonder if there is some kind of, as you know, like, you know, Topanga is named after a canyon. So I wonder if it's just one of those things of just like, oh, I have a cousin named this. This will yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways. <laughs> no, no, you're
0: fine. So this is where we meet Frankie Two Toes, or well, we hear about Frankie Two for the first time. And again, what happens is, Corey's like, a Frankie, two toes, why is he called that? And Sean goes, if I told you, I'd have to kill you.
1: Which, again, immediate, I was like, oh, okay, so this is either some kind of mafia or gang or prison relation. Exactly. So, um, he,
0: while he's getting the news, again, we get some of Ben Savage's great comedic timing, because you mentioned it earlier. They, <laughs> there's a horse named Nut, nah, and that's when Corey's just like a, yo... I, I knew it. All the smart money was on. Smart that. money
1: was on. Uh, I thought that was really funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, uh, i have never taken another risk." And then that's when Sean drops the bomb. They've actually won six hundred and eighty dollars,
1: which to a kid is might might as well be a million. Like, hey, just I could use
0: six hundred and eighty dollars now. Yo,
1: absolutely, I could use a six hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs>
0: Yo, I have $99. If you can give me $680 back. We are yep. good.
1: <laughs> um, I, the world I world do. of Let it ride. Let it ride. I do think it is interesting, and I'm, I'm sorry to keep going back to this, but because of just all the issues that we've been talking about, like, personally, between the two of us, of just, like, the, the prison system and, and, and law, they really are doing an illegal act that, like if something were to come to light like there would be no responsibility on them no neither. and they're just they're they're basically throwing this lower class family member of Sean under the rug in order to get a profit from right, so his illegal activity. This is a
0: whole other conversation.
1: I know, and maybe from... it's no, not no, the no, time no. or place. No, no, but... no, I'm just saying like
0: I'm literally le- reading this book right now on mass incarceration and you are completely right. First of all, the idea that these two kids doing it is just fun and games, which it is. I you know, there's nothing wrong with being a kid. I think that's important. Just when you look at a show like Boy Meets World, you understand who gets to be a kid, and who gets to be carefree, and who doesn't.
1: Yeah, because it, it really, I mean, even Sean, who we learn has a pretty troubled childhood, I mean, there's still so much privilege there, and there's still just, again, this, this uh, no one really taking responsibility for the actual thing that's wrong. And, I again, I, I would have loved if they learned throughout this episode, like, hey, we shouldn't like ask the mafia for favors, <laughs> but there's no reason for them not to do it again in the future. Like there's there's none, and I just I, I don't know. I, I it just seems strange to me that they would just allow Sean's family, like the kid, the guy from the trailer, is the one that has the hookup. Of course he is,
0: because poor people do crime. Have you learned nothing from television?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah. Okay. I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. No, just, no, no, it's... you're good. So,
0: um, and we got to hurry up because I have like 10 minutes. But anyway. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, let's see if we can get through this. Let me figure out where I'm at. Okay, let it ride. Here we go. um So the boys in the next scene have a pile of money. It's like, it's apparently the next day and they are just reveling in it. Corey feels like he's on a streak. He's so excited. uh he, Even when Sean's like, look. It's the same amount of money as it was earlier. It's not going to change. Sean's like, I'm going to go get a pizza, and when he goes to get the
1: pizza, Corey's again filling himself. He's like, Yo, get a receipt. This is a business lunch. We're money makers now. Well, I mean, yeah, they're trying to be legit with their money, which. Again, they they're not very consistent with that either because they completely abandoned their money to go get an autograph from some guy. I I don't know. <laughs> so
0: anyway, Amy, um, while Corey's doing this, of course he's supposed to be babysitting. This is the time we realize because Amy calls and she doesn't know where Alan is, and Alan calls and he doesn't know where Amy is. So we kind of get like this B plot that's going on in the background with the the parents, which we've known about. Um, And that's when Morgan comes in and she gives us, you know, her little kiss. I love her line. She was like, I know we're new to this and I'll let you slide, but uh, you're supposed to be
1: entertaining me. Yeah, she walks in and sees a comical amount of money on her brother's bed. Her brother's first response was nothing illegal is happening here. (laughs) And she's just like, Dude, I don't even care, just like entertain me I'm bored
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, so what's funny, which is a reasonable ass, but of course Corey's on his Hide, he blows Morgan off And that's a problem because When Sean calls from the pizzeria And tells Corey That a baseball player uh, Is at the pizzeria And he's like, yo Morgan, grab your stuff Let's go,
1: let's do this And she's like, yo, you didn't play with me So I'm not playing along with you kind of a wild card character in general. Like, she, like Eric's always trying to, like, keep her happy when he, like, takes her on her, his dates or whatever. Like, she always just seems like the one who has the power and the upper hand, and she knows it.
0: Yeah, I mean, because she does. Especially, A, as a youngest kid uh, on a sitcom family, she does have the upper hand. And also, just like, in the way their family dynamic works, Morgan is a responsibility, and she understands that whoever doesn't take care of her is the one who will get in trouble. Sure, sure. And, I mean, very understandably so, because she's right. She's supposed to be looked after.
1: (laughs) Well, she is a child, and she does have a babysitter, (laughs) but he's too busy counting illegal money.
0: Uh, So, when she goes inside the bathroom and she refuses to leave, Corey decides that he's going to be smarter than Morgan, and bets her that she can't stay in the bathroom for five cupcakes.
1: He leaves her sister, his sister, alone in the room, in the in, a, in a bathroom. In the bedroom is the comical amount of money still spread out on the bed. He leaves all of that behind, and he doesn't even like, "Hey, Mister Feeney, can you keep an eye on Morgan for a few minutes?" There's none of that that happens at all. Yeah, no, no.
0: He just, of course, it's short-term banking, Because as we've learned in this episode specifically, Corey just responds. He doesn't necessarily think things through right now
1: well I think the mistake that Corey's making is that he's equating taking a risk to just doing something um, rash and um, just going with his first instinct regardless of thinking it through um, instead of a risk being like a calculated move yeah I completely agree with that and um, and so
0: by taking this quote unquote risk he decides to leave Morgan in the bathroom and as soon as he leaves of course Morgan comes out she opens the door waves him goodbye he doesn't see And she decides to play, you know, by herself. She turns on the radio. She's dancing, having fun. She
1: is home for less than one minute before she (laughs) breaks a damn door down. Less than a minute alone before she breaks a door. (laughs) But she immediately knows that she's done something wrong and runs out of the house. She could have called up to Corey at that point. (laughs) She She was probably not even out of the driveway. It's a very good point.
0: I don't know, because it seemed like wherever this piece of rule was, it wasn't that far. Sean had left like seconds before, and he was already there.
1: John's already there. Yeah. I mean, Corey, I, I, it must be where Chubby's ends up being, I guess. Well, I don't yeah, know. Apparently.
0: <laughs> In our next scene, Corey comes back. He realizes that the door is now open, which he was pretty sure he left it closed. And then he sees the window is broken and he assumed Morgan was kidnapped and immediately is like, oh, no, I uh, I took one too many
1: risks. Well, he assumed that Morgan was taken, which we can all agree would have been a better ending to this episode.
0: Well, I don't know like, if I want Morgan to be taken, but you're right. In terms of like teaching a lesson, uh, it definitely would have been a game changer, I gotta say. You're
1: telling me that you prefer the storyline of Morgan being sent to her room for like two years versus <laughs> the idea that she was taken and then came back and had to reassimilate into normal life? That's a way more interesting character. Of
0: course that's a way more interesting character, but if we're talking about like an alternate reality, that would have changed Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World would have never been able would have had to this- Shift to straight Morgan because no one would care about the middle class boy who's dealing with his hormones if you had no, oh, yeah, just, just
1: regular ass storylines, but in the background, just the parents frantically just searching for their daughter like that's <laughs> what the show should have been.
0: I would have loved if like they did that and then it was like an arrested development type layer jokes where there were like all these flyers of missing Morgan. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone out there is doing uh, Boy Meets World fan fiction, do the storyline for us plot it out let's see where it goes
0: <laughs> so anyway uh, Corey runs directly outside and he sees feeney again who's very conveniently in his backyard at all times and he's like feeney you have to have february
1: in, in pennsylvania it's february
0: <laughs> exactly he's like i took a risk i never should have and feeney's like yo just calm down it's all fake money meaning that Feeney still hasn't caught on that these boys only got interested
1: because it's not fake money. Um, and then he also... Has, he, well, apparently, he hasn't been paying attention to Sean's family. I think that's the whole thing. He, <laughs> does, he Why would he assume that they have a mafia connection? That's why would any teacher assume that? That's a
0: very good point. At least, you know, Feeney doesn't discriminate in that way.
1: I mean, he, he, he seems, seems like he should.
0: So anyway, um he's like Feeney's like, yo, calm down and Corey's like, no, I took a risk I never should have and it was my real baby sister. And then that's when Feeny's like, Look, Morgan's just in the treehouse, calm down. Um and then, it's interesting.
1: When, when Corey finds Morgan in the treehouse, she's repeating this phrase like, um, um, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And it's the same thing that Corey says when he first comes into the house and sees that the door was was broken. Yeah, um, It's almost as if it's a thing that like...
0: The Matthews like a, family does.
1: The Matthews family said like a fit fa- yeah, like some weird family thing that they do. I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting.
0: No, no, I like that and pointed out. And you're probably right. It's uh let's see if it comes back up. Um but yeah, uh Corey, I will say Cory gets some brownie points in this because he immediately goes to Morgan and she's like, Look, I did a bad thing. And he's like, No, I did a bad thing. I was the one who was responsible and I'll make sure that you don't get in trouble because at, at the end of the day, I was in charge of you, and therefore you wouldn't have done this had I been there.
1: I was not a fan of any of this, of any of the Corey Morgan scene at all. Wasn't what? A fan. How? I don't buy, I didn't buy any of it. I didn't buy that they actually had a close relationship that would um, have that kind of sweetness to it. I don't feel like there's been enough development as um, of their relationships for us to care about something like that like eric and Corey. yes there's been enough development but like morgan i feel just has the like she's a neighbor at best like there's almost no emotional connection she has with the central characters of the show other than just being the sassy one or the wild card or whatever um i mean amy i guess is her closest relationship but i i just didn't really buy it i didn't feel that like it was a real connection that they had. I don't know. Maybe it was just because it was just, like, a child actor working with a really young child actor, but... I disagree.
0: I think that uh, we've already gotten some of this history. Again, it's maybe not as much as we would have liked, but we've definitely already... Sorry, we've already shown... Corey be caring towards Morgan and whenever he realizes and it does take Corey realizing but whenever he realizes that he may not have appreciated their relationship or um, that you know she's growing up too fast or whatever Corey kind of takes a moment and he's always very sentimental
1: towards Morgan. Yeah, I was I was very uncomfortable throughout this whole thing. Pass, I mean, like fast for me.
0: I, I I understand where you're coming from. I just think your reasoning, which is that you know Morgan and Corey don't have this kind of relationship, I disagree with.
1: I just I just didn't like it for whatever reason. Whatever it was, I just I wasn't I. I didn't find it believable, and it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know, that is what it is. Um, but afterwards, in our next scene, um, Alan and Amy are coming home, and Alan's kind of in trouble because he went to the wrong restaurant, hence the whole calls and not being able to find each other. And uh, he's like, I went to Shayla Floor, and Amy's like, no, sorry, Amy is the one who went to the Shail Floor. And she's like, I can't believe you didn't know where you proposed to me. Was it not a very big deal to you? Let me know where you went. And I think this is funny because had she just let it go, everything would have been gravy. But she insists on knowing where he went. And he's like, I went to Phil's grill. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: I didn't like this at all. You didn't? Why not? (laughs) No, because basically what happens is that Amy berates Alan for going to the wrong restaurant. Uh huh. Then realizes that he was at the right restaurant. He was confusing, she was confusing Alan with this previous guy that proposed to her. But the biggest thing is that Alan and Amy have been married, and she never once brought up the fact that someone else proposed to her that's not cool at all, right? Really?
0: All right. I don't know how to feel about that because I've been proposed to and I don't necessarily tell everyone I date. So, you, oh, but you would tell the person you're married to. Guess, but why? When would it come up? As she just said, it's like a what? Like, if someone asks, have you been proposed to before? Yes, I will have that conversation. But I don't just go around being like, yo, by the way, thank you for, propose- thanks you for being the fifth guy to propose to me. <laughs>
1: I... I I, I, don't know. As, as so, I, I I don't mean, know. <laughs> I I just know from what I know of, <laughs> of marriages, which isn't much, this is something that would have came up and should have came up in conversation at some point. I thought it was it. weird that she kept it to herself. But if you're saying it's not weird, then maybe that's just me.
0: No, I, what I'm saying is I don't have a real answer because I'm sure other people do feel some kind of way. For me, I don't expect someone to tell me whether or not they've been proposed to before because that is none of my business just like a almost having a child like say you know you had a pregnancy scare before and you didn't tell me like that doesn't matter to me because that wasn't with me particularly now if you had a miscarriage that's something completely different had amy been married before in general that's completely different Being proposed to
1: that's nothing i think i don't know i just i feel like it no and just the idea that like They've been together for over 15 years. Like, after, like, five years, you run out of shit to talk about. It never came up. Ever. (sighs) Right. I don't know, man. Even just, like, not even, like, this thing of, like, oh, I'm obligated to tell you this as, like, my husband. But just, like, uh, hey, like, you know. Tell me something new about you. Tell me something I don't know. Like we're in this car for 3 hours. Like just conversation happens. I I don't I don't know. It's, it's, weird. it's like true. again,
0: it's weird to me because in my mind it's like why would she even bring up Mark? Like what like I don't want you talking about your exes either. So like
1: she should have just been like she should have just been like oh you were right I'm sorry I mixed up the restaurant there was no reason for her to even bring up the fact that another uh, dude did that you are right about that
0: yeah well yeah, that was my whole point it's just like a, she she could have been gravy but she was like oh my bad uh and that gives us I mean not only did it cause a conversation between them but apparently it's a point of topic that you and I disagree on so I can't imagine what like this would have been like in real life <laughs>
1: Oh, I feel like that Valentine's Day would have gotten way uglier if this shit was real. Or if this was, like, Sean's parents who did that.
0: (laughs) There's a possibility that it did. Because remember, what happens is Alan and Amy go inside the apartment. They realize the window's broken. And, you know, they kind of have to deal with that. Um, And Corey's like, don't worry. I'll pay for it. Like, how are you going to pay for it? He's like, I would tell you, but like the screamy would wake
1: up Morgan, uh, which reveals because that- they would be so angry <laughs> to find out that their child had connections with the mob and successfully won almost a thousand dollars. They have a reason to be upset,
0: exactly. But what I'm saying is, it ends after that. We don't really know how this.
1: The conversation continued. So there's a, there, So we never see him learn from this lesson. Like, man, there's, they're focusing on the wrong thing this episode. <laughs>
0: in our final scene...
1: Um, is
0: it our final scene? Yeah, it is our final scene. In our final scene, uh, it turns out that the Matthews Hunter Incorporate is the most profitable company in the class. Uh, so not only did the boys get away with it, but they also won uh, notoriety. Again, white man logic.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, uh, I, Minkus knows that they gambled real money. Since Feeney never knows, is that what happens? Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Cause do you, I feel like Feeney probably would have been super upset to find this out. Like, I wonder how that would have affected the end of this episode if Feeney realized it at some point. I don't know. That's that's something for that fanfic.
0: Um, but on this, uh, he asked them if they have any words of inspiration. And Sean says something, which I can't even remember. But I just remember Feeny being like, yo, that's stupid.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, Sean says a lot of stupid shit. Uh, yeah, he's starting to get dumber as a character. But it's again, it's funnier to watch.
0: Yeah, it, it's fantastic. And then... Uh, That's, of course, when we get our sentimental savage moment where Ben's just like, you know, the greater the risk, the greater the potential profit. And Feeney goes, well, the potential profit makes some lose sight of the risk. And Corey reminds us that you should never gamble with anything you can't afford to lose, which, again, is kind of the lesson that he got from this. But overall, as you said, I don't really think they learn much.
1: No, he got it r- the lesson right. It's just you should cut off the end of it where it says anything you can't afford to lose. Never gamble, child. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so on that, class is dismissed.
0: And Sean comes back up, and he says something to me because that now that you've mentioned it, Feeney really doesn't pick up on him, But he goes, look, I was so busy counting my money, I forgot to give you your valentine. And he hands a, a card to Minkus. And Minkus is sitting there very defeated after losing the bet. And it's just like, look, I know it's going to be bad. Um, should I even open it? And is like, yeah, go for it. And the card says, happy Valentine's Day, turn around. And of course the boys, sorry, Minkus turns around boys come out of the hallway and just start shooting them with Nerf guns. And it's funny because we get this c- cute little closing of Feeny whipping out his own Nerf gun from under the desk. And it's a nice, fun little ending.
1: I i mean, I, I thought it was cool that Feeny was packing, I guess. He just happened to have a gigantic Nerf gun in his desk. Uh, you never know. I guess you oh, you know that was confiscated. Did. for Again, from Hooks, Corey and Sean both have one. And all the other students in the class seem as though they behave themselves... All the time,
0: but that's again. It's like a is this Feeney's only class? Are there more classes? We never got
1: that answer. No, it's, I think it changes based on the story. <laughs> very, very
0: true. Um, and that's our episode. We get a cute little uh, epilogue
1: on uh, Amy and Alan. Uh, I didn't like that either because it's Alan apologizing to amy when amy was the one who messed up and then gave alan a hard time about it here's the thing i knew after you gave me your response that that would be how you felt about this epilogue (laughs) there's no reason for it stand your ground alan (laughs) (laughs) okay so that is our episode let's wrap
0: this up fanny taught me what do you got
1: Never gamble anything you can't afford to lose. That's pretty much it. That is direct, uh, and not a lot of subtlety in this episode, guys. Not a
0: lot of subtlety. Pretty much directness. Uh, the lesson I'm going to grab from this is uh, remember where you were proposed to.
1: That's, that's I like, feel like yeah, that's a pretty good lesson. That's
0: a really good. That's something that you should know. I mean,
1: like oh, and also, if you're up while you're gambling, you should continue to gamble because apparently you'll never lose. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, no, no. You're forgetting the key factor here. You have to be a white middle class male.
1: <laughs> oh man. Anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was an okay episode. Yeah. No, no, no. All right. So, what grade are you giving it? C minus. I gave it a C. Yeah. It's it's unremarkable. <laughs>
0: it's a good episode. It's just not a great episode. We've had better.
1: And I'm Half going off yet. of that. All right, guys. If you're if you're listening to this without having seen this episode, you're good. <laughs> you've made it this far
0: uh, anyway um, thank you guys for listening thanks so much for dealing with us as we've been haphazard and all over the place this episode uh, you can give us feedback at bra meets world at gmail.com or follow us on facebook and twitter uh, you can find me on twitter at extra siege that's x-t-r-a-c-e-e-j uh, and tc where are you at
1: uh you can Instagram me, a braver me. Um, and yeah, Black History Month, guys, learn some stuff this month. Yeah. Study, get get back to the roots. We be learning. Okay,
0: oh, remember to dream, try, and do what?
1: Do good, guys. Do good all the damn time, all day. All right, all, all right, boys. later, bros.